Well, in uh, assessing the creditworthiness of a country, we look um, at a relatively broad set of uh, factors. We organize them in essentially four pillars, um, structural factors like GDP per capita, uh, public finances like GDP or government debts, external um, factors such as the current account um, or um, external uh, international reserves, um, and uh, then finally macroeconomic factors like uh, trend GDP growth or growth volatility or inflation volatility. Hmm. And uh, you also, I see in the latest statement in your credit downgrade of South Africa, spoke about uh, not only the fiscal uh, policy trajectory, but you also spoke about the political landscape, that there were fears that there would be policy changes as a result of the reshuffle. Why venture into that area? Well, um, obviously the, the, the core uh, quantitative factors um, such as uh, debt-to-GDP levels, don't capture the full picture of credit creditworthiness. And so we do have a qualitative adjustment framework in which we uh, incorporate things um, like uh, like uh, policy questions or policy, economic policy issues. Um, um, we also incorporate, for example, uh, uh, on the quantitative side, a factor for governance, um, and um, uh, that is actually quite an important, the quality of governance is quite an important indicator, um, but um, depending on whether we feel that it sufficiently captures the real picture in the country, we may adapt, uh, adjust that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, governance is very much at the centerpiece of the rating decision that we've, uh, we've made last week. Um, the the, the uh, decision was based on the assumption that the um, that the uh, cabinet reshuffle did not just mean a change in personnel, but that it also signaled a change in direction of economic policy, um, and particularly in the context of governance of state owned enterprises. Mm. The reason um, I ask this question, Mr. Frederick, is because of the criticism against you, and not just by those who deem your decision unfavorable, but I'm sure obviously you are aware of this the criticism against the big three credit rating agencies, that you're supposed to be a source of informed analysis and the risk associated with debt securities. And, and in some cases, you've been seen as either biased or uh, unusually uh, critical of certain developing nations. How do you respond to that? I certainly don't see any evidence of uh, of bias against against uh, developing nations. Um, we we just have a framework that tries to assess the probability of a default in the country. Um, and um, we try to incorporate uh, really the factors that are relevant for for assessing that, including a number of quantitative factors and and uh, qualitative assessments. There are uh, qualitative factors feeding into that, um, uh, but uh, I can assure you that from our side there is no uh, no bias against uh, mm-hmm. any specific country or against. Um, against emerging markets uh, in, in general. I mean, the fact that you control nearly 95% of the credit ratings market, um, people say that you have 
undue strong influence over investor perceptions and creditworthiness of global governments. And um, obviously you've heard of uh, the south-south and south-west relations and divide. So that's a criticism. But more importantly, that you very rarely act you know, against each other's opinion, that you tend to work in tandem. Is that fair fair criticism? I would say that there are a good number of cases where um, rating agencies might have taken different decisions or taken uh, uh, taken uh, decisions at different times. Um, you um, may want to consider, though, that this time around in South Africa, the uh, the events, the the cabinet reshuffle, was really something quite significant and and quite important. Um, and I, I think um, South Africans recognise that in their uh, their interest in following the ha- having followed the events of the cabinet reshuffle, um, and um, we also recognise this importance. Uh, on our side, on Fitch's side, and other rating agencies may have considered it similarly. Well, I ask this question because it would appear that you're acting in concert on a decision where you say South Africans in general, there are those who argue that it's not South Africans in general, that the those who disagree uh, with you and your methodology, that, that there's very little transparency in some cases, but that the government has said that there will be no policy changes. So does that mean the junk status downgrade is also a reflection of your faith in the government of South Africa? Africa and its word. The the thing is that uh, we, we have very much heard the the assurances uh, that for now fiscal policy uh, will not change. Um, the challenge is also for the government. Um, it's it's it will not be easy to stick to these uh, these these promises. Um, uh, for one thing. The increasing tensions within the ANC mean that more energy will be absorbed by um, dealing with with these tensions. Um, And this energy will not be available for dealing with um, the challenges of the the real economy. so that's that's one of uh, one of the factors that you you might want to consider um, and I mean you, you may also consider that uh, there were some real um, discussions ahead of the the uh, the cabinet reshuffle on governance within the within the cabinet and um, in a way the cabinet reshuffle then signaled to a degree that um, that governance um, is likely to be uh, less reforms, um, less transparent than had than had had previously been the case, or that at least reforms will not be proceeding at the same pace as as previously uh, was the case, which um, which means that that the risks about SOE. Um, governance and and resultingly the liabilities of SOEs will be mounting.